We want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. Thanks for listening as Pastor Stephen Hibden shares an encouraging word of God's love. Two two Bible verses, Genesis chapter 26, uh, verse 15. uh, In the New King James Version, it says this. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And they had filled them with earth or with dirt. You're like, what are we, what, how is this going to relate to me today? Does anybody have a well at your house? Does anybody have a well? Let me tell you, there is a well. You're going to realize we have some wells that we need to get the dirt out of. Then it goes on in verse 18, and it says, and then thank goodness, verse 18, it says, Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. One of my favorite preachers is Jensen Franklin. Has anyone ever heard of him? He uh, shared this scripture, and it jumped off the not the page because I was listening, but I was like, what? I forgot about the scripture in the Bible. I want to preach on this. He inspired me to do this today, and I think it's for all of us. It's just the one, one day thing, but it finished, it finished the scripture. And it says, after, or so Isaac dug again the wells of water that is Abraham's father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names that were already there, which is father had called them. I want to talk to you for a few minutes and call this message um, because I'm just a little quirky. I'm going to call it, and I actually have a um, slide for that, I think. Um, well, 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 if you can look for it. Oh, I have it, yes. Isn't it awesome? Yeah, I, it's, I don't know what, what I was doing. I was, I was late, late at night. Well, 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 and the title today, Do You Dig? Do you dig? Do you dig anything? Do you dig tr- holes anyone dig holes i wanted to give you all a spoon before you came in today but i got busy forgot to pass out the spoons i was going to have a double meaning that you can use these spoons tonight for dinner but this also i want these spoons to become shovels so would you imagine you have a spoon in your hand everybody look thank you Stephen, for passing out spoons to us we pray that these spoons will turn into shovels and we'll dig out some wells in Jesus' name. Everybody got to, um, can I declare that there are some wells that have been clogged up in our lives, in our families, even this church, in the church in general, that God would ask us to just dig them up again. He would, he would say to us, let's, let's, let's clean these out so that we can have the fresh water again. I'm going to explain it to you. But Lord, we pray right now upon the scripture, we pray upon our lives, that you would help us to take uh, these figurative spoons in our lives and turn them into shovels and help us to uh, help our families to experience the power of God that once was there maybe when we were growing up. Lord, I pray that they would see, that, that our friends would see uh, something that they have not seen of Jesus in, in our lives as we, we dig up some wells in Jesus' name. It says in our text today that Abraham had dug the wells. He had dug really deep. He had, I don't know if any of you have ever done that before. I dug a four-foot hole, and I couldn't do it by myself. I had to get Joe Meekum to help me, and he dug, he helped me. We put a basketball uh, basketball like pole into my ground, and um, and it, it, 
it seemed like forever to dig, but we saw no water. We had not dug deep enough. But Abraham had dug some huge wells. He had, it took a lot of time. And the thing is, back in those days, why it's important is that wells are, uh, were a very important part of life. They were the source of life. You didn't go to Costco and pick up water bottles, or you even easier, you didn't just turn on your faucet and drink water out of it. You had to travel Sometimes a whole day's journey, sometimes longer. Get a bucket of water, bring it to your family, drink it, use it for bath water, use it for dishes, whatever. They, it was crazy what they had to do. So wells were very important, and the more wells, the better. In fact, if you had a well, you were rich. It was like if we found an um, oil well, like if we dug and we struck oil, we'd be rich. Back then, you were rich if you had wells. In fact, the word wealthy came from the word well. Do you believe that? Just kidding, actually. It really didn't. But that would be great. It's, <laughs> it just came to me just there. I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. But, um, but um, <laughs> it was like striking oil. And if you found a well, then you were considered wealthy. What, what, what was understood by the law was that if you dug deep enough and found water, you were able to claim that land around that well. And even today, there are some places in Israel that are still uh, owned by certain families because they were the ones that dug that well, and they've kept those wells still even today going. There's still water in those wells. And it says in verse 15 that the Philistines had gone Back in their day, after all this work and how important they were, Abraham had died, and they started putting dirt in those wells. You can understand that this was not a nice thing to do. These were, this was, this was grounds for declaring war. When you start throwing dirt in someone's well, and in fact, those wells could not uh, produce water anymore because they filled them to the top with, with dirt. And it says this, but... Isaac, in verse 18, said it's time to unclog them. He said, I remember the taste when I was young, and I would go to Abraham, the well that Abraham dug, and I would drink the water. I remember the taste, and I want my kids to experience this water. I want my kids' kids to experience this water. And so he said, my priority right now is to unclog these wells. Can I tell you today that there are spiritual wells that our church fathers maybe even your relatives maybe even your auntie or your uncle or your grandpa or your great grandma had dug for you maybe they dug them through prayer through fasting through trusting through believing for you and the reason that you are here today some of you is because someone dug a well so that you could experience the water of jesus in your life the water of the spirit in your life and some of those wells since then have been filled up, filled up with compromised ways, filled up by the enemy, filled up by the world's ways, filled up by, oh, this is just the way it's done now. And we need to dig some of those wells up. I'm going to get very specific with you right now. I'm being general, but we need to dig some of those up so that our sons and our daughters, so that our kids we'll be able to drink from the water we drank from. I know that some of you would say, well, I didn't drink from any of that. I remember as a kid, I remember as, a, as, as, a, as young as I can be, eight years old in church, the power of the Holy Spirit hitting me 
I had no idea what it was. I, did, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know. I barely knew Jesus. And I remember it hitting me. And I was out in the, like, I don't know if you call it out in the spirit or I was just, just in a moment with God that I thought lasted a moment. And then when I got up, it was like two hours later. I had missed lunch. I, was, it, I had missed everything. It, and people, it was normal for people to come to the altar and be touched and God to, to do something in the well to be open in their life. And they forgot what time it was. And we're, we're holding up, we're leaving the, the church open until evening, until the service starts again. And then the people that are there are still there praying. I know that sounds crazy. And you say, I don't want to be that person. I want to eat my lunch. I want to, yes. And I understand that. But um, we need to open up some of those wells. I want my kids to experience the power of God like I experience. I don't know if some of you experienced that as a kid, but if you haven't, you there is something that our kids need that they just aren't getting, and they're, we're going to lose them if we don't. There's a, there's a scripture called uh, in Proverbs 13.22. I don't know if I told it to you guys or not. I think I might have. And it says this, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children and his children's children. You could say it this way. My goal and my dream for this house is that we, not me, but we leave an inheritance for our kids, a heritage, a legacy for our teenagers. We need to make sure that we are building a well that lasts. The, 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 the wells in Abraham's day, some of them were 100 years old and they were still producing water. I find churches today, and I know that there's reasons for it, but I, I would hope that there would be a church here in this place or in, New, in, in Colorado Springs, maybe called New Song or whatever, that stays after the pastors leave, after the people, the, everyone moves on and changes, that our kids would have a place where they could come and experience the power of the Holy Spirit. They wouldn't have to wait for it to be dug out again. I want us to dig that out. Um, this well uh, in Genesis was over 100 years old. What we are doing in the next four weeks, I believe, even of October, is digging some wells. Digging some wells, making, reminding ourselves to be faithful, digging out the wells of devotion to Jesus, digging out the wells. Some of you are going to be fasting some things. I believe that as we dig out wells, even in this time, that there'll be things that will stay, that will be life-changing for the rest of your life, for, the, for your kids' lives. Genesis 28, 26, 18 says that Abraham had died, and it was a really sad thing. And I wonder if uh, the Philistines were just waiting for, for Abraham. He knew how important, they knew how important the wells were to Abraham, and they were just waiting for him to die before the Philistines just waited until they, he died so that they could come in because he knew that the Philistines knew that maybe the next generation or the, maybe not even quite the next, but really it was the next generation. He knew that they knew that maybe they wouldn't defend those wells like Abraham had. And certainly that was the case. They went right in, did probably the worst thing. I mean, it's worse than, I mean, graffiti's bad, but this was, this was life-changing for these people. And had done this, it messed them up. And no one defended it. And until it says, then Isaac, then Isaac came along. And I wonder if um, the enemy... I don't want to get so much into that, give him too much credit, but if the devil or, or if people 
just wait, just on the sidelines waiting. It's almost like on the sidelines waiting for the patriarchs of the church to die, our grandparents, our grandmas, and those who prayed, um, just waiting for them to die so that they can come in and then we can come in and fill those wells up with dirt that need to need to stay open to stay uh, to to feed us to feed us life. I want to do something right now, and this might be a little weird, but if if you're um, let's say sixty years old or older, and if you can, would you just stand to your feet? I want to see sixty years old or older in this room today. You'd be like, why are you pointing me out? These are the young these are the young ones of the church. I want, I, I want to make a promise to all of you 60 years old and older, and I know that some of you 30 years old and older, I could do this too, but I'm going to say it to you. And I would say as long as Cynthia and I are the pastors of this church, we will never let dirt get in and clog up the well of the Holy Spirit in this place. I know that some of you have saw, you saw that in your day. We're not going to let that happen. And it doesn't have to do with people, man and woman. It doesn't have to do with us. It has to do with the spirit. But when you do something in the spiritual realm that you declare, it'll never be closed up again. So I declare that over this building, Lord, over this group of people, this family, these families that are represented here, that we would unclog the wells of uh, the spirit, the revival, and all those kind of things, that they would never be filled again in Jesus name amen you may be seated we will never there's a scripture that says we um, some had a form of godliness they had a form of godliness and it says in the last days this would happen churches people would have a form of godliness but they would deny the power behind the godliness that's not going to happen in this place in our lives in your family's lives amen we don't need another church service per se Yes, we have them, but we don't need it. We just need the power of God to, to move. And I know it sounds old-fashioned, and I know it sounds like, oh, are you just preaching religious stuff? No, this isn't religious. It's true. We just need God to move. And you don't need anything else to happen when that happens. Get your spoon and start digging. We need Isaacs that say it's important. Let's clean out the wells of past generations dug through fasting, through obedience. Let's dig them out. And that's what we're going to be doing in these next four weeks. In our, in our evenings, we're going to be digging them out. There's the well of morality that I think that has kind of gotten clogged up. And this is where I start to get a little personal. I hope not personal to us, but we, I think all of us would agree that morality has kind of taken a bad turn somewhere. I don't know what happened, but it has. And I'm thinking for my kids. I'm thinking some of you for your grandkids. The well of morality the well of servanthood. Jesus says that to be first, you have to be last. And these days, I think we've forgotten that somewhere that, oh, I want to be first. Well, I got to be first. Me, 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 me. We need to redig the well of servanthood in our lives. We need to redig the well of giving in our lives. We want people to be generous to us. Well, be generous yourself, and you'll see that when you give to someone, it get, comes back to you, I promise. We could read that scripture. We're going to move on. It's time to unclog the dirt of sin, the cover of complacency, the mud of laziness, the dirt of worldliness that we've all thrown into our wells. And maybe someone threw it into our well, and we didn't even want them to. Maybe it was your parents. Maybe it was a relative that you, you blame. We need to redig. Here's a good one. 
We need to redig, and the, and the worship team got a part of this today. We need to redig the wells of healing. I know that what they were singing today, I believe you're my healer. That is redigging wells. People get uh, so clogged up with, with their opinion. Well, let me tell you what I think about healing. Let me tell you what I've seen. Let me tell you what I've experienced. And what I've experienced is not so much. It's not so powerful. It's not so great. Well, let me tell you, get rid of that dirt in your life and let me tell you what I've seen. Jesus is a healer. Jesus does that. And you'll see, you've even experienced that today when we've talked about it and when we've talked about forgiveness and healing. It's something inside of you said, ooh, I like this. This feels good. It's called the well of healing. It started to open back up, and you started to take a drink, and you started to say, oh, this isn't as bitter as I thought. This, my hope is not deferred as much as I thought. Jesus still does heal people, and he could heal me. You have experienced that. You've started to feel that, and you almost want to say, uh-uh, don't be going there because what you're saying may not come true. Well, do you know what that is? You just dig it. You're just putting dirt in your well. You know, it might not come true. You know, I've seen that I thought that God was healing me of this or I thought he was healing my dad of this or what, and it's not happening. You just keep pouring the dirt, and I want to tell you, Someone needs to be the Isaac that cleans it out for someone. Maybe it's not your life. Maybe it's, maybe it's some other family in this church. You need to go to them and, and encourage. Bring back that lost art. It's called encouragement, not discouragement. You come to church. You come to work. You come to school, and we discourage people. Oh, I don't discourage. Well, do you say anything? No, I don't. Well, you might be discouraging by doing nothing. We need, we have it in us to encourage. So encourage one another. The Bible says encourage one another. It talks about that over and over. That is what we're called to do. And when you do that, it, 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 digs, out the, it digs out a well in, those per, in that person's life. Since Jesus died on the cross for our sins, I wrote this because I didn't know I was going to say it earlier, but we need to not doubt that he did that for our healing too. Maybe I'm still digging it out for some of you today. He still heals. You're naive. You're naive, Pastor Stephen. I know. I am naive. And, I, and the Bible says, Become, come to Jesus like a child. So I come back to him as a child. And I have my moments in life when I get discouraged and I can't pray anymore for someone because I've seen what I, some of the things I've seen that I'm just like, what in the hell is going on here? Why would hell get to reign in this, and I don't get it, but he does, he still heals. Um, we need to let the river of the Holy Spirit work through us to see miracles happen, to see deliverance happen. That's another well, the well of deliverance, and I've seen this misused. I've seen this abused. I've seen deliverance be this kind of thing where, um, and sometimes it's real and sometimes you need to do this, but sometimes it's just like this witch hunt where you're casting out demons out of people and it scares people away. But there is a something that Jesus came for. He said, uh, the Lord, I've been anointed to proclaim freedom to the captives. And we need to bring that back for some people. Some people think, well, there's freedom for them, but there's not freedom for me. I will never get out of this thing that I'm in. We need to dig and if you've never seen the well of deliverance, Jesus' 
called our deliverer. He will deliver you from sin. He will deliver you from sickness. He will deliver you from a habit. He will deliver you from pornography. He will deliver you from alcohol. He will deliver you from cigarettes. He will deliver you from drugs. He will deliver you from you name it. He can do it. He is a deliverer. And yes, I believe in counselors. I believe there are real counselors. I believe there is therapy. I believe, yes, I believe all of that. I believe there's rehab. You need to go through rehab. Some of you need to go to rehab. You know who you are. I won't look at you. I'll just look this way. You need to go to rehab. Yes, that is important. But there is something called deliverance. And I want to read it so I don't get, so I don't say this wrong the way I believe it. But um, where did I write it? Oh, way to way to ruin a moment, Stephen. Okay, I'll read it to you later about deliverance. Hey, let me just say how I how I feel it. That um, yes, there is rehab, and yes, there is therapy, and yes, there is all those things. But I believe that in the power of Jesus, and I've seen people healed in a moment from those things. I've seen them delivered in a moment. Be gone in Jesus' name. Not in a weird way, but be gone in Jesus' name. And they never went back to that drink or whatever it was that they were, they were in bondage to. It was just gone immediately. Um, let me encourage you, digging is not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. We need to dig the wells of prophecy. We dig the wells of praying and the demonstration and the power of the Holy Ghost. We need to pray, you know, the Holy Ghost is, is mentioned, I think, in the King James Version. It might be in some others. But when I was young, they never called it the Holy Spirit. They used the King James Version, and they said the Holy Ghost. And often, um, one preacher that I listened to, we'd go that would come to our church a lot. They would say "Holy Ghost," and it was kind of a joke. But uh, they were just gave it a little bit of power at the end of that. But um, we don't even call it the Holy Ghost anymore. It doesn't matter what you call it. But I, I somehow ghost came out there, and I didn't mean to scare anyone. But we need. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need to see the demonstration of the works uh, of the Holy Spirit. We need to see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. That's not a weird thing. The manifestation of the devil could be a weird thing. It could be a scary thing. But when, the, when, when power is shown out about the Holy Spirit, people uh, get changed. They get messed up. They get like, I'm, I need to come back to this church. I know as I was a kid, I would bring people to church and, they, and you might say, I brought someone to church today and oh, come on, don't talk about this. And, um, and I'm telling you, I'm not ashamed of the power of Jesus. I'm ashamed of Christians that n make it look bad, but I'm not ashamed of Jesus because I know if you see the real Jesus, if you brought someone today, or if you're visiting, you see the real Jesus, you're not going to be turned off by Jesus. He's your creator. You're going to be woken up. Your, holy, your spirit that is inside you that created you, the same that, that God created you in his image, it's going to come alive because you're going to say, oh my gosh, God is real. I didn't realize that. I remember one time in a, in a teenager service, I said, if there's anyone here that doesn't believe in Jesus, doesn't believe in the power of the manifestation of like showing God, like God doing things in your life, you think it's all just made up? And I can't believe I did it, but I said it. I said, come on up here. Who are you? And our group, our youth group was a group of kids from 
they would get right off the subway at 10 o'clock at night, downtown Portland, homeless kids. The, the biggest population of homeless teenagers in the world is, was in Portland at the time. I think it's still the case. They were screwed up. We would have police standing in the back to arrest kids if they messed up in the service or did something. I'm serious. I'm not exaggerating. And I said, who needs it? Come on up here. And they come up, and I say, you raise your hands up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? And as I told them to raise their hands, the power of God just came, shot through them. They start uh, worshiping. They start crying. And I said, see, I told you, anyone here, anyone else need it? And I was like, oh, man. But God, we need to redig that well of the demonstration and the power of the Holy Spirit. It says that Isaac redug the wells that Abraham had built. And it says that he did not rename them. That was important because sometimes we rename things as Christians, as the church, we're trying to be relevant. And yes, there's things that need a facelift. I'll tell you, come now is the time to worship. That song doesn't need a facelift, Peter, okay? It doesn't need a facelift. It's good. It doesn't need to be renamed. But there are some songs that need to be renamed. There's something. But there's some things that don't ever need to be renamed. They're, 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 they're the same today as they were then. There was a father. There was an uncle. There was an aunt that put his name on that well that prayed for you. They prayed that you or your father or your dad or your mom or your city would come to know Jesus. They fasted, and that's why you're sitting here today. You don't even know them, and like we should keep let them keep their name. Then another way I want to say it is maybe your family line looks like it has no well. Now is the time to get out your spoon for your family and put a name on a well and, and, and start digging it for your family, for your kids, for your kids' kids, for your nephews, for your nieces. Let me encourage you, digging is not easy. Family salvation is in that well still, though. And I want you to know, you don't have to rename it something else. Salvation is real, and it's still there. And some of you are saying, well, but my kids have been away from Jesus for so long. You don't know what they've done. You don't know what they've given into. Salvation is still the name in that well. And that well is still there for them. And they can still be saved. And God is still planning for them to come to know him. You don't need to rename it. Don't worry how messed up you think they are. If you don't stop digging you will see water spring up there. I promise you that. Some of you are like, well, I'm done digging. I'm giving up. Well, let me tell you, it's time to get out that spoon again, make it a shovel, and watch. You start to pray. If you need to fast, you need to fast. If you need to, you need to make sure you're right with God because that's why your kids aren't seeing the right thing because they don't have the example. You redig that in yourself. You know, the Bible, or not the Bible, but some preacher one time said revival we love revival but you know where it starts it starts in the church it starts in the stadiums it starts in the streets no it starts you draw a circle and you pray for that person that's in that circle that's where it starts it starts with us there's no name to re there's no need to rename the well of repentance we all need to repent there's no way of getting around it you still have to come to Jesus. You still have to confess him as your Lord and as your Savior. You should still be baptized in water. We don't need to rename that. Well, let's get away from baptizing in water. That's not important anymore. That's still a well that needs to be st 
if it's I don't think it's I don't think it's covered, but it needs to stay stay open. You still need to be full of the Holy Spirit. You still have to come out from among them. There's this word called sanctification that I don't like all the time. It means this. It means this. I could ask someone to tell me, but here's what here's the way I see it. And here's how it was explained to me. Sanctification means you're a little bit different than those around you. And sometimes in, in some cases, in most cases, we're a lot different. Not so different that you can't relate and you can't uh, love because Jesus loved everyone, but he was very different. But we need to be set apart so that we're, a, we're different so people see the difference in us. That's still a well that we need, and we need to redig out that sanctification. Some of us are looks too much like the world sometimes, don't we? You'd admit it. Like sometimes I look too much, right? Right? We believe too much like the world. I'm almost finished. Um, one, one. I wanted to mention. We need to make sure that well is dug out of love, and people. Um, People misunderstand it as being too grace, giving too much grace. But there's a Bible verse that says, um, nothing can separate you from the love of God. So you, for some reason, we think there are things that can separate people from the love of God. Well, not that person. I know they are separated from the love of God because look at what they did. Look at who they are. We need to really dig out that well of love. It says that nothing can separate you from the love of God. No, no matter how high, no matter how low, no matter how far, no matter how wide, you, someone can't be separated from God. If he, lo he loves them, you, we separate them sometimes, but we're not supposed to. We need to redig that out. Maybe it's a judgmental spirit that we have. Maybe it's crit cr being critical. Maybe it's being cynical. But we need to, it's not our problem. It's not our, we're not the judge. We're just the we're just the passer on. We pass it on. We're the witness. Jesus did this for me. He can do the same for you. Um, there's still a heaven and hell. I'll, I'll, you know that we don't have to rename that. I know a lot of people in these days don't even say there is a hell anymore or there is a heaven. Well, there's none, no such thing as that. One of the greatest leaders of my time in college that everyone read his books. He decided that he was going to start telling people there's no hell anymore. And people started believing him. We need to keep that well open. Yes, it's no, no fun to tell people there's a hell, but there is a heaven too. And if you live the right way, you go there. Um, that's, a little, that's a little deep, but yes. Here's the problem with um, some of our kids is that um, they, they, they drink the, the, from the well, but the well is dirty. It's got dirt in it. And um, they drink it, and it doesn't taste as good as what we tell them it should taste like. Some of you even have experienced this. Like, I don't know what you're talking about because this well tastes just like this well over here because there's dirt in it. We need to get it out so that, you know, the reason we're not satisfied by Jesus is because we're drinking uh, something that's not, uh, that's polluted, and then we go to the world and we do something else that makes us a little bit satisfied. And we find just as much satis satisfaction somewhere else. And when you drink the true, <laughs> I don't know how to say it, but the true water of uh, Jesus that's pure, that doesn't, that's not polluted, you won't be thirsty again. 
That's what Jesus told the prostitute. You won't be thirsty. Drink it, I promise. You won't be thirsty again. You won't need to go find another husband. You won't need to go do this or that. Because when you drink the right stuff. Um, we're going to close. Would you, uh, my brother, I'm going to challenge you with some things. Genesis 22, 5 uh, talked about Abraham, and it says that he went up the mountain uh, with his son. It was the time when he was going to sacrifice his son. And he said something in verse 5. Do we have Genesis 22, 5? Um, I'm not getting real deep into it. I'm just giving it. Here's your choice as you leave here today. Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. That can preach. You can, you can make up whatever you want to say about this. But are you staying with the donkey at the bottom of the mountain, you staying uh, with the donkey, or are you going up? Are you climbing up the mountain with me? Are you going up to worship? And I'm not saying, I, I'm saying together, I know none of us want to stay with the donkey. Who wants to stay with the donkey? Stay in the valley and with the do-nothings and do-nothing, or go up the mountain. God wants to stir up our wells. He wants us to worship and lift our hands and clap our hands and open our mouths and pray for the sick and unclog the wells of worship until tears fall down our face again. I remember times in services, and I don't, I'm not saying, oh, what, it, too bad. It's not like it used to be. I want a new well. But, you know, I'm, I remember times in church crying, don't even know why I'm crying, just because God was touching me. What, are you sad? No, I'm not sad. Are you, are you mad? No, I'm not mad. I'm just happy. God is touching me. God wants us to worship until we get our shout back, until we're unashamed. We have the dirt of, uh, I don't know what it is, that keeps us from worshiping him at home or at church or wherever. The dirt of pride, maybe. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's unbelief. We need to get that out. You can't find joy by living halfway in the world, halfway with God, right? You can find it when you're all in or all out. That's, that's where you find joy is when you're all in. You need to stop drinking the dirty water. In these last days, this is the heart of my message. It's not the, the best part of the message, but this is the part that hits me the hardest. In the last days, if this generation is going to come to Jesus, they will need to see a real God. They will need to see a church that has unclogged the well of worship. They need to see who God really is. They need to drink from the pure water that is not dirtied by embarrassed, dry Christians. And I'm one of those sometimes. I'm the embarrassed, dry Christian, but sometimes you see me get going. You've seen nothing yet. If God gave me this microphone, he gave me this microphone on purpose to help people see that God is real, and I'm not allowed to be dead and lifeless. The imitation stuff is not going to keep our kids in church in these last days. So would you bow your heads with me? And I would venture to say it's not going to keep some of us in church in the last days. We need to be real with God. Lord, we thank you today. We worship you today. We ask that you would unclog the wells of worship in our lives. Unclog the wells of repentance. If we don't like repenting to you, if we don't like asking forgiveness, Lord, unclog that. Lord, I ask that you unclog the well of revival. 
that you would revive us again, wake us up again. I pray that these four Sunday nights would encourage us towards that end, that they would not just be another program or another thing, another event, that we would purposefully say to you, you have full reign over my will, unclog it. Unclog it. you the question, are you ready for wells to be opened up again or for the first time in your life? I could say this, well, 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 do you dig? Is it time to dig? It's time to dig. Oh, I don't have time. <laughs> you don't not have time. You don't have time not to dig. I'll tell you, the Bible is so, Jesus is so, um, he, he, he'll say one thing and he'll say another and he'll say yes you need to give me your whole life but I, I tell you that um, I will take it on for you it's me that's going to do it my burden is light it's not going to be hard it's not going to be uh, oh I can't do this Jesus is with you every step of the way if you're here tonight then I'm going to make a joke here because I said tonight if you're here tonight then you're a good Christian if you're here today and you know that, um, or you would like, you would like uh, wells to be uh, fresher in your life. The well of revival, the well of healing, the well of, of, of joy, the well of peace. You want those wells to be f more open. Would you just say something to God? Would you just do something of yourself? Right now, God, would you open those wells? I declare I'm ready to take that dirt out. I'll be the Isaac. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. If you're here today and, and um, you've maybe never opened up that well of forgiveness in your life, and I'll stop talking figuratively, figuratively and I'll just be real. You know that Jesus is not a part of your life right now. You're not serving him. You're not living for him. Maybe you're backslid. Maybe you're, uh, you found something better for a while. I promise you, when you find the real thing, when you find who Jesus really is, you will be satisfied and you won't want to go anywhere else. And maybe you're here today and you say, I need the real thing. I've had a counterfeit of it and I need the real thing today. Everybody's eyes are closed. No one's looking around. It's kind of a private thing for some of you. You don't, you don't want to be embarrassed. Would you just lift your hand up and just me and you, it's the only ones looking. I'll see it and I'll say, put, a hand, put your hand back down. Anyone, amen. Put your hand right back down. Anyone else, amen. Amen. Anyone else that needs, needs that real Jesus, not a counterfeit thing? You've been, you've been trying and it's not working out. You need the real thing today. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. How many would say, and I, and I give this challenge every week, and probably my dad did the same, and that's probably why. How many would say, and I hope everyone would say this, I need to do better at, um, at what God's called me to do. Raise your hand. Amen. All across this room. Would you stand? Stand to your feet. We're finished today. Something that gets on my nerves about fake Christians. That's none of you because you're here today and you're not, you, no one's a fake Christian in the room, right? So I'm not talking about you, but it gets on my nerves when 
when Christians think that church is a massage parlor where you come, oh, I need to be feel good. And yes, sometimes we need it. And most of the time you come, you're going to hear a, something that's going to encourage. I think this encouraged you as well. So this is one of those. It, it fits into feeling good. But we think all we need is a massage parlor. parlor. Just make me feel good. And then I'll go my way. And, um, you know, Jesus said it requires sacrifice. Digging wells is not easy. It's not like a massage parlor. So don't come into church or come into Christianity, better put. Don't come into serving Jesus when you're praying at home and you're like, Jesus, how come you're not doing this in my life? Don't go to him thinking you're coming to a massage parlor. He wants, he wants to make you feel good and he will bring you peace, but it requires sacrifice. Um, it requires discipline. I believe the root word of um, discipleship, what Jesus came to do, what, what we are called to do, disciple one another in the last, uh, go ye therefore make disciples. The root word is discipline, right? Isn't it discipline? And we think that it's a place we, yeah, anyways, like it's, that's, and I don't believe that is us. Close, close let's say this prayer together. You don't have to say it too. I'll just pray it for us. Lord Jesus, you see the dirt that, that, that's clogged up our wells. And I pray that you get the dirt out. I'd say as the church, we repent of stopping up the wells of healing because we're trying to be friendly to the, to the new person. Lord, we pray for, we for, repent of stopping up the walls of deliverance that people would be delivered in this place. Lord, we pray for stopping up, we repent of stopping up the wells of, 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 re, of revival. We want revival. We're afraid to say it, but we want it. We want to be revived. I want every family in this room to be revived. I want every marriage to have revival. I want them to be, be, make it easier for them to encourage than discourage each other. That would be revival. I pray that, that, that there would be uh, single people and teenagers and young people that, and old people that would um, experience the love of Jesus in a way that they don't want anything else. That maybe that person will come along at some point, but all they need is you and that you would satisfy them in this season in their life. Lord, let us, let our wells be redug. Take our spoons and make them shovels. Let us see miracles. Let us see salvation. Let us see sold out lies for you. And let us see people come to know Jesus and our children filled with your power. In your Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.